So this is I Love My Church Sunday. It seems a bit of a mouthful. Really, we used to have it as Vision Day. It sort of uh, rolled off the tongue better. But I think it's important to actually know why we have a vision and why it's important that we don't just have it because we're a corporate structure and we look around the world and all corporate structures have a vision and a mission and so we make statements that make us fit in with what's, what the world does because we know that Israel made that horrible mistake when they decided that all the countries around them had kings and so they wanted a king as well and look where that got them. But we, 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 we know that God is a God of new things, that what we did in God's name last year isn't good enough for God this year. And that we actually have to raise our eyes and look to see what God is doing in the world and, and follow what he's doing, follow his lead, actually step out in faith and do things that are perhaps uncomfortable for us, that are new for us, but are faith-filled, which is what pleases God. And so we've got deep in our hearts the idea that we actually love the church and the reason that we actually have a vision is because we love the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean the building. It's an okay building, but I don't love it. I mean, the, building, the uh, ministry centre across the road is an even better building, but I don't love that either. The church is the people. It's us. We are the church. And we need to have that in our heart. We love the church. We love the people. We love the family of Jesus Christ. And so as a local church, we want to do what we can to not only help that family, but to grow that family and to spread the good news of the gospel in our, in our community. But we're also part of a larger organisation called C3 Global. And that organisation also has an overarching vision. And for the last uh, 16 years or so, it's one we've called the 2020 Vision, which has been that we aim to have a thousand C3 churches around the world by the year 2020. Now, who knows that the year 2020 is next year? It's fast approaching. Now, um, I, I should have actually gone and checked exactly how many churches we have. I think it's in the 600s at the moment, possibly the 700s. Um, but we're, we're certainly getting there. We know that growth is exponential. So although it sounds like you know, 300 churches in the next 12 months is a, is, a long, is a long shot, it actually isn't as far-fetched as it sounds. But even if we don't reach it, and, even, and if we do, the idea that at 2020 suddenly we stop and, oh, okay, um, what do we do now? Hey, yeah, let's. Pastor Phil, who is leading our movement, has already started to talk about what is going to happen after 2020. And so I just want to play you a five-minute video of a message that he uh, broadcast just after Presence Conference last year about what he sees for the future of C3. He calls it the, the new, I think he calls it the new C3. Anyway, he'll contradict me or confirm what I've said uh, in the video. So can we roll that, please? Hey, everyone. I'm so glad to be able to share our future vision with you. Recently, I shared this at Presence Conference with our global team and leaders and all who were there. But I wanted to make sure that you were able to hear it as well if you were unable to be at Presence Conference this year. And so together, we are building a future C3. And I find the Lord impressing on me how we can renovate and refresh this vision and even add to it about our hopes and our desires and aspirations for all that God has got for us as Future C3. I'm going to read it so that I don't miss anything. C3 of the future 
will spread through the whole world. We will be in every nation on earth. We will be every color, every ethnicity, and every age. I'm believing for one million worshipers gathering in C3 congregations every weekend around the globe. We will also be 1,000 churches. Our aim is that we would be that by 2020, but if we don't manage to hit that goal by then, it's not a problem. We will still continue on to become 1,000 churches. Salvations of lost people will rise to new levels where we see the greatest harvest of souls in the history of C3. This will take place in many developing countries and in places where Christianity is openly opposed. The people in our congregations will be committed to the mission. They will work to disciple people everywhere. The C3 of the future will be vibrant, colorful, and energetic. Our leaders will span many ages, both young and old, men and women. We must be committed to raising, releasing, respecting, and celebrating an entirely new generation of men and women of God. We will see a great revival amongst all ages, children, teenagers, young adults, families, and our older generations. We will see a great revival amongst many nationalities, right here in Australia and right around the world. I also see pushback against the C3 of the future, but this will only cause growth, vitality, fruitfulness, and strength. This will call for our people to be strong in their ability to remain standing and their ability to remain true, loyal, and faithful in unity. The C3 of the future will rise from the grassroots of connect groups and small gatherings in neighborhoods, then in congregations and multi-sites, then in major gatherings in auditoriums and stadiums, I see us with a momentum and traction from the Holy Spirit that will be unstoppable. All nationalities will stream into our churches. As we deliver the word of the Lord, the power of the Spirit will increase. People will be raised from the dead in our gatherings. People will visit us in particular seasons with signs and wonders. We need to make room for God when this happens. People will stream into the house of God because of the word of God and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Most of our people will be everyday people like you and me. But I also see the C3 of the future reaching and including many highly influential people. Business leaders, government leaders, people of wealth and influence will be reached from a grassroots connect level up. People will gather to the Lord himself. They will gather to the salvation of lost people and the building of his church. This will call for big people, secure men and women who can think broadly and generously. Not petty people with small minds who are easily threatened, but with big faith and wide grace. This will call for people who are not locked down into their own agenda, but who are able to be engaged in a purpose that is larger than all of us. There will be a filtering as we move into the future. Some will move on, others will rise into position, and still others will seek to join us in increasing numbers. I see the caliber of our church rising with great leadership and firm standards of belonging. I see us moving forward in one spirit and one mind without hindering unity, growth, and momentum. Because of multi-site churches, we will continue to grow horizontally. This means an entirely new kind of structure based on community and relationships. I believe in C3. After nearly 40 years, we are able to see the long-term fruit of what we've been doing for three generations. There are hundreds of examples of people being transformed 
and fulfilling the call of God on their lives. We have a culture in which people are able to settle into the journey of following Christ for a lifetime. We've seen a culture that creates legacy from one generation to the next. To continue to expand a Christ-centered, soul-saving, disciple-making, church-planning church, we all need to be committed to that legacy. Even though Chris and I know that this church and our movement will obviously outlive us all, we are energized and excited about right now and the future. God bless you. Whoa. Okay. Pastor Phil's there, says you know, people will be raised from the dead in our meetings. I hope he's not talking about any of us. <laughs> okay, there's a couple of... Isn't it great to see that our leaders, though, are thinking well past 2020 and they have plans for the next generation that people can grab hold of and run with? Uh, it was C3 of the future that he said, not the new C3. So I hope you all got that. So... Pastor Phil mentioned two important points in that video that we hold dear at C3 Norwood and we implement to the best of our ability. The first is in Matthew 28, 18, where Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. We are focused on making disciples. The second thing he mentioned comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. And it's Paul talking here and he says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. When I was those, uh, even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so that I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. We're called to be as diverse as possible in our presentation of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. This year, we're starting some new initiatives, which are the result of a lot of prayer, planning, and stepping out in faith. We've taken God at his word, where he says in Isaiah 43, forget all that, which is our past victories. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do. Who's excited? For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make the rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. You see, I love my church Sunday as a day of faith. It would be very easy to make today, I love my church just the way it is Sunday, <laughs> which would be a lot more comfortable, but would not actually involve any faith. Faith actually requires us to have the courage to start new things, as well as the courage to continue what we've already started. So at the end of this service, we're going to ask you to put your faith into action by participating in this offering I mentioned earlier, the I love my church offering, using these envelopes uh, to, to give, and I'll explain a bit more about that towards the end. 
So firstly, to new things. Who knows that when you plan for new things, when they eventually arrive, it seems as they arrive in an awful hurry and that all the planning you've done wasn't enough. The first thing we're going to have this year is a chapel service from next Sunday. This is the last 10 o'clock service we are going to have. I'm speaking in faith here. Um, and so from next Sunday, we are going to have two services every Sunday. There will be a chapel service at 8.30am, followed by a family service at 10.30am. Uh, I think we've got a picture of a, an artist's impression of what the chapel service may look like. Um, but that's, that's actually the location. Um, you, you'll notice that it doesn't actually look like this hall here. Uh, the two services aim to be quite different rather than, rather than having an identical format. Um, the 8.30am chapel service will focus more on a simplified acoustic style of worship. Uh, we'll have a devotional Bible message with perhaps a bit more Bible study than we used to. It will be followed by communion every Sunday and a time for Holy Spirit ministry and reflection. There will be no children's ministry at this service. Now, initially, we'll be trialling this for three months, and then we'll review it to see where we take it from there. Um, at 10.30am, family service will remain in its current format, with C3 Kids running concurrently with the main service, along with live streaming in the parents' room behind me. So the big question is, why, why have a chapel service? Because... I can tell you right here and now, we do not need a chapel service. The idea of a chapel service did not come as a knee-jerk reaction to a need of our congregation or uh, running out of room here or, or anything like that. It actually came from a, a vision and a desire that I believe God placed in my heart to do what it talks about in that verse in Isaiah that I mentioned, to actually forge a path where there was no path before. In Isaiah 43:19, he says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wastelands. He didn't say he was going to restore the path or put rivers in the riverbeds. He was going to make rivers where there were no rivers before and paths where there have been no paths before. And you sort of think, why? Who wants to go into the wasteland? Why build a path and have rivers out in the wasteland? Because nobody put their hand up and said, let's go there and hope that God builds a river. And so... We actually have to step out in faith. Uh, verse 20 says, I will make drivers in the... Drivers? <laughs> Driven rivers. Rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. Because the, the vision of actually doing something new is to actually take people where they don't want to go and show them that they're actually going to be refreshed when they get there. And so we're stepping out in faith to actually start something new. And not that I consider the um, ministry centre a wasteland, um, but we're doing something new that isn't a reaction to our current needs, but as a reaction to a desire to listen to God and to actually move in faith to do something that I believe he will fill the spaces for. It's an opportunity for us as a church to make a pathway for people to follow that will give them new ways to be refreshed. It's going to expand our opportunities. Not so, it's not actually just for us as a church. It's not so that we can make a decision. Do I go to the 8.30 or the 10.30? Or the right decision, both. Um, <laughs> 
that isn't necessarily the right decision. I, I, I did not say that. Um, it's just my enthusiasm for you know, getting people to both. Um, it's not just a, cho a choice of the time and the style of service that we can attend, but it's an opportunity to offer that same choice to our non-church-going friends, family, workmates and acquaintances. It's something that is there for us to use as a, as a tool to equip us to actually build the kingdom of God. There are people out there whose vision of church is different to what we see here on a, on a Sunday morning. What we do here frightens them. Sometimes it frightens me. And so what we're doing over the, over the road in our chapel service is to provide perhaps a more traditional entry into the presence of God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, for people who uh, don't appreciate the, pro the approach that we take on a Sunday. So it's broadening our base of influence. So that, that's what we're going to be doing. So when's the chapel service? 8.30. What time do you have to get here for that? Well, about quarter past would be good. Um, in, in terms, I, I, I'm pretty sure there won't be coffee before that service because uh, we can't get the baristas up that early. Um, but there will be a, an interchange time between 9.30 and 10.30 uh, where there will be uh, coffee and uh, morning tea-ish sort of things. These will uh, evolve as, uh, as we move forward into this. Not everything we've done is, is set in concrete yet. In fact, it's probably not even set in sand. Um, but we're going to step out in faith and do this. There will also be uh, coffee after the second service. Uh, now, our plan is also the first service of necessity will be strictly one hour long. Um, the second service will be approximately one hour long. We don't want to make it too much later than when we finish uh, on a Sunday now, but we will give ourselves the uh, opportunity to perhaps be a couple of minutes, 15 or so at the latest, uh, late for that one. So it gives us a bit more flexibility. But we'll work that out as we go. So it's an encouragement. You know, as I say, we could have I love my church just the way it is, but we're having I love my church for the future, and so we're planning something. So pray about this. Uh, it's a great opportunity to invite others to expose people to something that uh, may suit them better. So this is, this is something which is exciting. It's also exhausting. I think, strangely enough, it's one of the hardest things I've done for a long time, to actually step out in faith uh, with no apparent reason for doing it. Um, it's one of those things, I think, when, when you get onto a mountaintop and God shows you something, the view is incredibly clear, and you're excited, and you, you're, you're connected with God, and, and then the next in instruction that God gives you is go down into the valley. And as you get further into the valley, the view that you had gets lost among the minutiae of what you have to actually do to get the, the vision happening. And so it's actually quite a, uh, an interesting journey. And hopefully most of you won't have to go on that particular part of it with me. Um, but uh, I'm excited for next Sunday. And so in faith, we'll see what's going to happen. The next exciting thing that we're doing is we're changing the way we do our small groups. And uh, I said last, Sunday, last year on this Sunday that the young adults had actually trialled a, a new form of connect group called dinner parties. 
And this year, we are taking the whole church on this journey of dinner parties, and I'm going to get the new leaders of our dinner parties to come up and tell us all about them. So can you welcome Brendan and Kirsty as they come up? Thank you. Okay, so hit us with it. We're really excited. We're getting old now. So like, you know, you lose your edges. So the excitement may not show, but we are just, we're, I feel like we're on the precipice of something new. We're excited because... He's not old, he's still got buttocks. <laughs> what happens to your buttocks when you get old? Uh, never mind, you'll find out. <laughs> you have uh, to cleanse them a lot. Can we grab a second mic up here for Kirsty? Um, you got nothing to say. I'll get my mic. Cool. Um, but we're excited because, yeah, as Pastor Chris mentioned, yes. last year we trialed dinner parties in our young adults, and we just found there is incredible power in gathering together for food. And like, you know, Who loves food? Amen. it's good, <laughs> Everyone right? Everyone loves food. Everyone has to eat. I just find it's, it's one of the best places to build relationship, to yeah. get to know people better, to have fruitful and organic conversations. Uh, and it tastes really good as well. <laughs> so we've been doing themed dinner parties. So every uh, fortnight we have a dinner party and we'll have a, like a food theme. And some people want to bring stuff. Some people go crazy and they bring like, you know, if you do like Italian night, they'll bring sangria or like, you know, some, what was that mango thing that we did for the Indian night? Mango lassi. Mango lassi. Yeah. People go People go crazy. They love it. And so we've had such a great time that we wanted to share that with all of you in the church. And so this year, all of our previously connect groups are going to be becoming dinner parties. And so if you were in a connect group you and you like those people, you don't want to find some like some, maybe there's some of you here. Let me just pause for a second. Maybe there's some of you here who are like, I'm in a connect group, uh, but I don't like anybody at the connect group. <laughs> I'm sure there's Don't say that because if anybody does you. go to a different one, everybody in the previous one is going to think it's because <laughs> they didn't like them. They really like that's us. that might not be the case. Right. So those connect groups are going to be becoming dinner parties. Uh, if Find somebody, if, you, if you're not in a dinner party or you're not in a connect group, find somebody that you like and ask them what group they're a part of and see if you can go along to that. That's a good yeah. place to start, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you don't like anybody in your dinner party... Um, there's a possible chance Stop that you're not likable. <laughs> right? And if you don't like food, you're in Look, real trouble. I think more realistically, maybe there's some... Uh, you, you might connect with a few different people and they might go to different dinner parties. So, you know, you can try it out, see what you like, see right. where you want to fit in. Um, but... We're not, mostly, like, you, you not know, fencing if you're, people in, are we? No, but if you have been with a connect group or a dinner party before, you're most likely to be, um, the, the crew of that dinner party most likely to be thinking about you and inviting you along to the, where you've been before. Right. So, uh, yeah. And so our vision is this, is that, you know, there's a parable in, in Luke chapter 14 where Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven is like uh, a, a banquet. Uh, and, and the king who's invited people is having a hard time uh, getting people to the banquet. And that's what the story is about. But I love the image that the kingdom of heaven is not boring or dreary, but it's where people can gather together around a table from all kinds of different backgrounds and just do life together. So what we do at dinner parties, we share a meal, we talk about faith, we talk about life, and we build community together. And so uh, we found that they're just great fun. 
uh, we do still have a discussion. We, we pray together, uh, but it's probably less like a traditional Bible study than what you might expect if you're used to that format. Um, we are not against studying your Bible. And so if you're, if you're super keen on Bible studies, we would encourage you to carry on doing that in your own time with your friends. Find somebody, get Do a together, Bible yeah. plan with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Uh, there's still going to be discussion around the Bible um, in those dinner parties. Um, if you're an avid Bible studier, keep, keep going. And bring, well, uh, like get the fruit from the Word and bring it to your dinner party yeah. and share, share it with people. Yeah. That's right. So uh, let me just read you this verse. You can also to bring real you. fruit to contribute to the meal if you like <laughs> right. to. Maybe Anybody's for got dessert. Fruit trees. Fruit yeah. platter. Yeah. Fruit of the spirit and some literal watermelon also. <laughs> so Acts chapter two, verse forty-six. It's they're talk, they're talking about what the early church looked like, how they interpreted the Great Commission, which was to make disciples. And it says this. It says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That's like here on a Sunday. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's good, right? And so that's, that's, that's our plan, to gather together, to build relationship with one another, to build relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And we're believing that just as the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet, so too will our dinner parties be like gates of heaven opening all over this city. And then as we gather together, people would experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Yeah. And so... Uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I know you guys want to pray for us, but can we pray for our cr new crew? Hijack the meeting. Ha ha! If you are a dinner party crew member, would you please just stand to your feet? So this is going to be... Uh, these are the people who are fulfilling the roles that we need to put dinner parties on. There's going to be people who are organising food, people hosting you in their homes, people leading the discussion and people making sure that connections are happening. And so I would love for you to just reach your hands out to the people who are standing because these guys are just the champions, the heroes of the faith. And these guys are the ones who are stepping up and creating spaces where the gospel can flourish. And so I would love to pray over you as you stand here in the presence of God. Father, I thank you for every person who has answered the call and stepped up and stepped out in faith. Father, we pray that as they build your house, that you would build theirs. God, we pray a fresh blessing over their life. We thank you, God, that you are equipping them with everything they need for the journey ahead, with strength, with boldness, with courage, with perseverance. Holy Spirit, I pray a fresh anointing upon them as we set out in doing dinner parties this year. And God, I thank you that as they open their homes, as they reach out to people, as we build connections, that heaven would come to earth and people would experience your kingdom like they've never experienced it before. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Before you guys go, can I get Pastor Vicky to come up? And uh, I'd like you to repeat what you've done. Re reach your hands out to these guys. They're taking on a new leadership position, uh, a new level of responsibility. Uh, it brings with it uh, a lot of uh, hours of getting training ready, helping people, uh, just trying to answer every question that you have. And I know some of you have really weird questions. Um, and so we want to pray that these guys are not 
burdened by what they've set out to do, but actually find a joy in this responsibility. So Lord, I pray right now that you fill these two leaders with your Holy Spirit right now, that you sustain them, that you invigorate them, that you inspire them as they take on this new role of building your kingdom through dinner parties, that they are encouraged to actually have new ideas, to open themselves up to new ways of doing things. And I just thank you that their focus above all is always with their eyes on you. That it is you they love, it is you they follow, and it is your kingdom they are building. And I just thank you, Lord, that you give them the tools to do this. That you give them the excitement and the passion that goes with it. And that it doesn't burden their lives, but it fulfills a great need and gives them great joy as they step out in faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, also we just thank you as, as they've stepped out to offer themselves in service to you, that Father, you look after them in their own world, in their own place, in their own home. You bless them and keep them and meet all their needs in Jesus' name. And in taking up this responsibility, uh, what they've actually done, they've had to lay down a responsibility that they've, they've had. You may actually recognise them from last year as our youth leaders. Uh, and they have actually uh, laid that down and appointed another youth leader whom they're going to introduce right now. I think this will come as no surprise to most people, but Cody, can you come forward? <laughs> Why don't you welcome Cody? We're so proud of this young guy, just such a heart for God and such a heart for young people. And so we feel like uh, the future is in flipping good hands. And to be honest, better hands than these. And so that's, that's encouraging to us when you know that the future is bright. And, and uh, we're so proud of you. I'm reminded of like in 1 Timothy when Paul talks about having laid hands on uh, Timothy and asking him to fan into flames, flames the yeah. gift that was imparted. And so there's something that happens from, from a previous generation leader to a new generation leader. That's why I feel like I'm getting old, because look at, I mean, it's not even full yet, but he's doing a good job. He's working on it. <laughs> <coughs> to be honest, mine's not full either. I've got patch here and a patch here. But I've been growing mine for years. What are they talking about? <laughs> but I think, uh, Cody's done a wonderful job in, in stepping up, in taking over responsibility, and so we also just want to make sure that we're imparting the anointing of the Holy Spirit and those gifts into you with our senior pastors and uh, sending you on your way. But okay. I, I think you're going to do some talking, right? Yes. Let, let, actually, let's hear from Cody before we pray for him. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, they came up, to, these guys asked me to share a bit about what I see for our youth group and for our future generations coming through. Um, and I really see a shift happening. That's what we're going to be talking about this uh, term at least. It could go over the whole year in our youth group, but we do join a youth group up in the Adelaide Hills, C3 Adelaide Hills. We join them um, on a Friday night, every second Friday. But we're going to be talking about shift. Like, I'm not sure how aware you guys are of this. This is like a really deep, like powerful stuff happening at the moment. But there's, it's the, in, in the last 10 years, there's the highest suicide rate in young people between 15 and 18. It's the highest rate there's ever been. It's the leading cause of death. There needs to be a shift, mm. guys. When you think about it, that is devastating. Mm. 
there's been a shift of not knowing God for people and for lives that needs to change. Mm. It needs to change because when you don't know God, you don't know who you are. And when you don't know who you are, you don't know why you're alive. And when you don't know why you're alive, you question if I should be alive. And there's going to be a shift coming where people will experience the experience God and there will be a shift in their lives, a shift of perception of what they think they are, who they think they are, what they're going to do with their lives. There's a shift coming where there'll be people set free. This is a generation that has lost touch. There's a generation that has been left behind, not by your guys' fault, but because there's a shift that needs to happen. And that shift will come this year. And there's a shift happening where, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited because it has been very dark roads for a while. But there is a time coming when there will be people who are stepping up, who are not self-centered about themselves. There'll be people who are giving. There's a shift coming from uh, from I'm going to use for myself to I'm going to use for other people. There's a shift coming where I don't need to be a part of this drugs or this alcohol drinking or this partying. There's a shift coming to I know who I am in Christ and that Come is on. more than enough Come for on. me. There's a shift Come coming on. from people who need I don't know what it is, but there's a thing on the name of shift. There's a shift coming and that is my heart for this year. And I would encourage you guys, if you guys need a shift in your own lives, I would tell you to send your kids to youth because you'll see see a shift in them that will go into your guys' lives as well. So that's enough for me for now, but um, I'll let these guys pray and get me off stage. I just, thought he was going to grab the pulpit and start preaching then. <laughs> just before we pray for Cody, you can see his enthusiasm and his love for God and for people. And we're incredibly That's right. you proud of him and where we've seen him come in the last few years. We are enormously proud. But I also want to say that we're enormously proud of both Kirsty and Brendan who have mentored him and raised him up into this place. And we want to thank them for everything that they have done and for this guy and all that we're going to see in the future. So let's pray. Yeah, come on. Holy God. Lord, I see life coming out of this young man. I thank you for his passion for that life. I thank you that it is not just something that he holds inside of him, but it's something that's transferable. I see that he's going to transfer the life of Christ into the lives of people who are suffering, people who are doubting, people who are looking at depression, people who have no hope in their lives. He is going to bring the hope and the light and that life into people's life through the power of the Holy Spirit that rests in him. I thank you, Lord. Fill him right now with that power. Fill him right now with your spirit. Let it be an ever an ever-ending flow, a stream into his life. Mighty God. Thank you, Father. Yes, God. Father, right now, in the presence of your Holy Spirit, we fan into flames the gifts that Cody has on the inside of him, given to him by you. And Father, in the laying on of hands, we, we encourage those gifts to come forth. And so, God, we ask the gifts of leadership, evangelism, preaching, teaching, compassion, kindness, mercy. Father, all those things, may they rise to a new level on the inside of Cody. May they be outworked in a new way. Fan those pilot lights into big flames in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Never despise the day of small beginnings. And I know you've had that said before, but I was just reminded of that because there's a mighty fire, a mighty flame that is coming that is going to roar.
right through the ministry that God has given you. Amen. And just for the record, it is actually fuller now that I'm close up that beard than what I maybe alluded to earlier. So just, uh, yes. Yes, I see uh, Katie is having a ministry to help people up Shift Creek. I know, it wasn't even original. Um, okay, so uh, there's some great things that, that are happening that are, are having changes, but there are great things that, that happen before people go into youth that we've actually had established and that we're growing and doing new things in 2019, and that, of course, is our C3 Kids and Families uh, ministry in our church. And uh, they've got great vision for this year as well, so I'm going to invite Nathan and Carmen to come up here and tell us about the C3 uh, Kids and Families vision for this year. So Indeed. give them a hand. Come, come on. Thank you, guys. Exciting. Just Exciting. before we go, I might just one-up Chris. I've got a slogan for Cody for this year. Shift happens. <laughs> there, you, there you go. I'll we watched Forrest Cump a few weeks ago, so it's pretty it, fresh. It's fresh. And I'll let it changes completely. Yeah, okay. I like right. that one better. <laughs> well, we shift from one generation to the next. And let me say, we are so excited that our kids are going to have such an amazing leader in Cody. Incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. Mm. But yes, there is a generation younger than that who needs loving, who needs embracing, who needs to find a place in the family of God. And that's what we're passionate about, about making a home here for our families and our kids. And I love what Kirsty said when she introduced that song is that we come from everywhere every culture, every nationality, every background. And in this church, in this community, we are passionate about people making a home and finding connection and finding community and building relationships. And in C3 Kids this year, that's what our main focus will be, is for the kids to build a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God, and learn how to build up one another and how that practically looks in their lives. And that's how we're starting off our term. And as we go through the year, we're going to have a buddy system between the older kids and the younger kids so that they'll learn how to get along with people and and hopefully that'll spread out into school life, into family life, with their friends and, uh, you know, we we love our volunteers, our team and we are just as passionate about building them up as we are the kids because they are ministers, they are disciple makers, such a unique opportunity uh, to, to minister to these kids and, and, to, and to encourage them uh, that this is where they find their best life with Jesus at the centre. Yeah, this ain't no daycare. No, this ain't no daycare. <laughs> the Holy Spirit turns up and he yeah. does his business with our kids every yeah. week. Making, yeah, making space to yeah, develop those, those leaders and ministers and for the kids to experience that and even to minister to each other yeah. as well and branching out and to... Uh, some uh, live worship and, and building some what we might think are other service elements through the year. Yeah, things uh, like communion we're going to introduce yeah. with the kids this year, especially oh, wow. as we approach Easter. Uh, 
So we've got a great team who are full of great ideas. Um, our C3 Kids leader, Ashley, is amazing and we've got an Absolutely. amazing group of, of people. Yeah, and as well as the uh, the kids, we, we also want to look after, so Ash is our like, team leader of, of the kids and our, uh, the ministry and a lot of the program happening across the road, but we want to look ho- holistically after the whole family, not just yeah. the kids that are there, but the parents of, uh, and the caregivers of those and the guardians of those kids as well. So uh, what that looks like through the year, uh, once a term we are doing uh, whole family gatherings on the weekend, it might be a barbecue, an afternoon tea, playground, it might be uh, across the road if it's in winter, we do cooking activities, game activities, we want to bring the whole family together. Uh, And we've seen great fruits through that last year where we were seeing uh, people who have yet to come to church, coming along, coming into the doors of the church for that sort of event. And we want to see that grow and build this year, where it's a connection point for whole families to come uh, into church. Uh, And as well as that supporting, so that's the whole family, but we also want to look after the mothers and the fathers. And so uh, Carmen and Cara uh, lead once a term, uh, a mother's night uh, where we gather Friday or Saturday night sometimes night during the weekend yep. mum's night out dangerous uh, the kids are left with a caregiver or the dad and the mums can just go out and have fun and we do the same with the guys as well uh, dad's night out no care no responsibilities we just go out uh, we do things like movies and burgers and play pool and uh, this term uh, sneaky plug we're doing barefoot bowls and beer uh, at the Adelaide Bowling Club. So that's the kind of thing we just want to create space for connection, uh, for building relationship, more doorways into uh, bringing friends along, bringing connections along so they can see what life and community is like in yeah. C3 Norwood. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. We are just as passionate about building connection within the house of God as we are about bringing people in. So we're really excited for all that 2019 holds. That's absolutely awesome, guys. Thank you very much for that. Give them a hand. That is fabulous. So you can see we're, we're moving forward with what we're doing. And, and it's, you know, sometimes we look at things in a bubble and we look at our kids and we sort of think they're going to stay there forever. But sometimes it's, you know, five years they're, they're in youth. Even if it's seven years and they're in youth. I mean, I can still remember looking forward to the Millennium celebrations and that was 19 years ago. And it seems like only seconds have passed. So it, it's great that we're actually planning for our future generations. The other thing that we're, we're looking at this year in terms of uh, reaching out to people, we have what we call our Beyond uh, Project, where we look at uh, helping people beyond the walls of our church. Uh, locally, we, we support the Eastern District's Domestic Violence Shelter, uh, or our local women's shelter. And just to let you know that uh, we had an offering for them uh, over Christmas, which is going towards a community garden project that they're actually completing in the uh, housing area that they've got. Um, we raised $3,000 to help them with that. Uh, we'd love to show you what they're doing, but we can't show you photos for security reasons. Um, but believe me, they're doing an awesome job and uh, they, they desperately need our help and they are incredibly grateful when we can do that. So we're going to keep supporting them. Uh, we'll give you updates about what's happening throughout the year. We are often at around Easter time, Mother's Day uh, and various other celebrations during the year. We, we uh, take up uh, offerings of food, sometimes uh, 
pamper packs, uh, food hampers uh, at Christmas, lots of different things. So stay tuned, we'll keep you informed about what's happening there. And uh, the other thing that we do as part of our Beyond project is visit Fiji and help some of the C3 churches there uh, in their communities. Um, and we're continue, continuing to do that this year. Uh, we'll be constructing a house, or possibly two, in the Lovu settlement in partnership with C3 Latoka, or Latoka as it's correct, correctly pronounced. Uh, we can see, uh, this is, we, we get it from this, actually this is a fair way along, but it gets to end up looking like this. Um, and a family of six to eight will move into that. Um, and when the next cyclone comes, hopefully, uh, it won't get above floor level for them. So that's, uh, you can just see in the background, this is the sort of thing that most people live in, although this one is off the ground as well. But uh, we're improving the lives of people there. Uh, our building program for C3 Gateway, which is in Nandi, uh, has been stalled this year due to red tape, which is why we're building at Latoka. Um, but we're planning on returning to uh, C3 Nandi in, in 2020. Uh, the other thing we're doing in uh, C3 Latoka is we're involved in child sponsorship. We sponsor children from that settlement uh, for their schooling. And as you can see, uh, it uh, does an awful lot. We, ha we um, are supporting enough children so that I think they've almost run out of children to help. Uh, not quite. Uh, every so often they, they give us uh, new things, but we, we cover all their schooling, and uh, these are just some of the recipients of that. Uh, costs between, I think, about $80 for a primary school child for the whole year and $130 for a high school child. And that covers everything from their shoes, school uniform, to all, all, all that they need for that. So for those of you who are involved in that, thank you. And uh, you can see that there are, it's actually doing really great things over there. So if you need to know more, if you're interested in going to Fiji to build houses, uh, the only skill requisite you need is not to hammer your thumb too hard when you're banging in nails. Um, that's about it. Um, we don't expect you to be a, a handy person, a carpenter, um, anything like Jesus. Um, just a willingness to actually help and a, a certain, uh, uh, I guess, liking of hot, humid conditions does help as well. Um, so we're continuing that this year. We are going in early June uh, to Fiji. Uh, and so if you want to, want to get along to that, speak to Vicky or myself because uh, we need to start arranging things like airfares right now. Okay, uh, I just want to talk a bit about our volunteers. We couldn't run the services, the groups, the worship, the pastoral care that we do in this church without an absolutely amazing team of volunteers. Uh, and as we move into 2019 with a new vision and fresh goals, guess what? There are more and more opportunities to be involved as a volunteer. Now, one of the tensions that we face as a church uh, is that we want to do things so that especially new people, when they come into a service or a, or a group or, or any of our facilities, we want them to be able to focus on the presence of God without having to worry about the distracting mechanics of how we run the service. Um, and we try as... as 
as often as possible not to have uh, headset mics that are a bit boomy when you start off. Uh, we try to make sure that the worship team knows the words. Uh, we try to uh, make sure that there are no clatters and bangs or that the lighting computer doesn't suddenly crash like it did last Sunday. Uh, we do all of those things um, and I'm mentioning them because these are things that have happened that are distracting over the years and <laughs> things and possibly even this morning, but hopefully nobody noticed. Um, but, but the problem is as we strive for this excellence to help people, I often find that people comment to me afterwards that they really enjoyed the service and that it really went well. Um, and they despair of the fact that where could there possibly be a place for an amateur like them to help in, a, in an organisation that seems to be working so well. Uh, and although that makes me sort of proud, it also makes me realise that most people don't realise that the church is like a duck. We look very calm on the surface, but underneath we're all paddling away like stink um, to get things happening. And that none of us are actually professionals at this. We're all volunteers. And the only thing that has helped us get to a place where we can do things well is practice. And we value involvement far more than we do excellence. And so... You know, don't look at what we do and say, well, this is a slick machine that I, uh, obviously there's no room for me because it's not. Um, we, we, value, uh, we value excellence, but we value teaching people that excellence because the excellence isn't there for, on its own. We're not here just to be good. We're here to help people be ushered into the presence of God. We're here just, we, I mean, our purpose is to, to remove distraction. It's not to actually, we don't want to be so good that all people think about is, wow, that was really excellent. Because that's not our aim. We want people to forget or not to see what is happening so that when we worship, we can concentrate on God. When we hear the word of God, we can, we can concentrate on what that word is doing inside of us rather than worrying about the technical aspects of the fact that you know, um, one of the lights keeps sort of flashing at me in the background because they've chosen a funny colour or, or stuff like this. If that does happen, uh, tell somebody up the back. Um, and so... I just want to let you know that we do have volunteer uh, forms, uh, either online or up the back, that you can fill in. Uh, there are all sorts of different options for volunteering. Um, I recommend, if, if you want to be a senior pastor, the only way to volunteering is to start off cleaning the toilets. As, as far as I know, every senior pastor I've spoken to, including ourselves, has started off uh, actually uh, uh, toilet cleaning. So I don't know what it is about that particular ministry. Um, but I'm always suspicious of people I see cleaning toilets. Um, but yeah, th there are all sorts of things that you can do, so please uh, take this opportunity as we're doing new things in 2019. You know, we, ha we have dinner parties which require crew to get them to run. Uh, we've got a, a chapel service over the road uh, which is going to require people to do the same sort of things that they do over here, but um, we have people who may not be able to get there or certainly don't want to be serving in the same role at two different services, so um, there's opportunities there to get involved. And let me tell you that the being involved in church is far more satisfying than just attending. So can I encourage you to... Come and see Vicky or myself if, uh, if you want new volunteering opportunities. But let me just say that if you are volunteering, uh, you have my heartfelt thanks and appreciation. Please keep doing it. <laughs> uh, the last couple of things. Prayer. 
is something that we continue to have a vision to encourage people in their prayer life. I think it was Brendan who, who mentioned the idea of, of people getting together uh, with Bible study and prayer groups. Uh, the Version app is a great one for people to get together, synchronise Bible reading, uh, discuss uh, Bible verses and just to keep it, help keep each other on track for actual prayer uh, and Bible reading. So I encourage you, if, if you don't know, speak to Brendan. He, he's an expert with the app, so... Uh, he, uh, he can set you straight with those, with those things, so that's always good to do. Uh, we have uh, All in Prayer on Sunday mornings before the service, to which everyone is welcome. Uh, now that may look a bit different over the next coming weeks uh, because of our time changes, so stay tuned for that. Work out when it's happening. I'm sure there'll be announcements and we'll try and make it as easy as possible. But come along to that before the service because that's... That's a great place to be. Wednesday night, all in prayer and worship. First one of those is coming up on February the 27th. And men's Friday morning prayer, as I mentioned earlier, will commence this Friday, February the 8th, 6.30 a.m. Sorry. Uh, and finally, preaching. Uh, We've already started and you know, I've had a bit of feedback from uh, my, the beginning of my Heaven and Hell series uh, from last week. Uh, we'll be continuing that next week and I've managed to squeeze out an extra time slot for that. So that's going for the next two weeks. The last week will of course be the fun bit on judgment and hell. Um, <laughs> Uh, which you're all looking forward to, I'm sure. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about the kingdom of heaven and earth. So get ready for that. The broad title for our, our, our theme this year is uh, Exploring My Strange Bible. Now, I'm not here to tell you that the Bible is strange, but let me tell you the people who read it are. And often we get very set in our ways when we read the Bible. Um, and Especially when we get set on Bible verses. One of uh, my favourite ones was, was one in the King James Version that says, uh, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And I always found that a very encouraging scripture that we could actually wrestle with the forces of evil and actually expand the kingdom until I read a commentary on it which actually said that the kingdom of God has to be careful because violent people outside the kingdom attack the kingdom by force and uh, we're the ones being attacked. I thought, oh, that was not how I read the scripture at all. Um, and so uh, our aim this year is not to necessarily change your theology, but to awaken people's minds to the, to the, the, the life of the Bible, because the Bible has a life. It's not just a dead book. It's not even just one book. And so I want people to just start thinking about it. Don't accept what you read as just a nice verse to memorize. To apply it to your life, you need to know why it was, why it was written, who it was spoken to, what, what the meaning behind it was, what the intention behind it was, and allow the Bible to come alive in our thinking and in our spirits. And that's our intention this year. Not to change your theology, but perhaps just a little bit to shake your dogma. So that's our plan uh, this year for our, for our preaching. So uh, get excited about that. It will be slightly different in our chapel service. Uh, that will be perhaps more if you're into digging into the scriptures quite deeply. Uh, for instance, uh, I'm taking three weeks to talk about a huge subject called heaven and hell. Um, over the road, I'm going to be taking the next 12 weeks to talk about the book of Jonah. So uh, there's a slightly more in-depth version there, and I will be um, comparing Jonah to Saturday Night Live. So there's a little uh, teaser for you already. 
So, okay. So, in short, everything we do as part of our missions, as part of our, our vision, whether it be prayer, preaching, whether it be our, our C3 Kids Ministry, whether it be in youth, dinner parties, whether it's in our services, uh, whatever we do, put simply, our, our vision is how we see ourselves fulfilling our mission. And we know the mission that God has given us. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 is, is, is the great co-mission. It's the mission we have in cooperation with God. And know that we have God's full cooperation. Sometimes I think he looks at us and wishes we were a little more cooperative. Um, but as part of that, I want us to actually take the time right now to use this envelope that I, I mentioned earlier. We're going, to, we're going to, in a moment, take up our I Love My Church offering. And the way we're going to do this is uh, we're going to put a couple of baskets here at the, uh, on the altar, uh, and uh, we're going to ask you to bring your, the envelope with your offering and place it in that basket. And as you do that, Vicky and I are just going to uh, pray over you just a, a short, quick blessing as you come, come and give um, this morning. But before we do that, I just want to say that we're doing this not because, not because we're, we love money, but because we know that you do. Um, and we know that when people get engaged and involved in a vision, I mean, we find it in Matthew 6, 21, it says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart also reside. And so our treasures tend to be you know, our money, our resources. And so what I would encourage you to do, and this is, I mean, this is for, of your free will. This is, you know, this is how much do you want to buy into the vision of this church? How much do you want to show that you are behind what we are doing? How much do you want to actually put faith, not in me, we don't find out who's given what, but it's a question of saying to God, look, I'm here to build your kingdom. I'm here to contribute this. I'm here to put something extra in so that I can, I can have this as a seed. I remember that, you know, and I love my church Sunday on the 3rd of February 2019. I actually planted a seed for my future and for the vision of this church. And I, I am dedicated to seeing it sprout and come to fruition. And so that's what this offering's about. So if you need just a, a minute to, to fill out that, or I think uh, we have a slide with the um, mobile details on it there. If you just want a couple of seconds just to uh, fill that in, I'm going to invite the worship team up here. Mighty God, we have stepped out in faith this morning and given into your kingdom. We have prayed that you answer our faith from heaven this year. We thank you that the plans and the purposes we have fall in line with those plans and purposes you have for us and that we will see 2019 as a year of triumph, a year of joy, a year of fulfilment through our faith in you. Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. You guys may be seated. Just to let you know, We'll, we'll have a couple of people here ready to pray for you after the service. Now, if you've been in this service, you're excited about what God's doing, but you've never actually said, okay, I'm on board. I actually want to be a child of God, a follower of Jesus. Um, so there was a famous TV personality who referred to Christians as God-botherers. 
Christians aren't God botherers, they're people who God has bothered. And if you feel that God is knocking on the door of your heart this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to let him in. And in this church we do that by praying a prayer which starts us on a journey. Once Jesus has come into our hearts, we then have to actually walk with him on a a relationship journey that we have. And so what I want to do, if that's you this morning, I want you to pray this prayer with me. But we're all going to pray it together as a church. But if it is your first time this morning and you want to actually make a commitment to taking further steps, I want you to approach the people who are down here to pray after the service and let them know that you've made that decision and they will encourage you what the next steps are. So can we all stand? And you may have said this prayer before and you you may believe this prayer, but it's always good, I think, to repeat what we believe. So repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus, right now, I turn from my old life. I reject everything that I have stood for. And I take on the sonship or the daughtership of a child of God. I am now following you as a child of God. I declare you my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. You may be seated. As I said, if you've done this for the first time or you've rededicated your life, I encourage you, come and see the people this morning after the service. Let them know you've made that decision and they will help you take the next step to get involved uh, in a church, to get involved in uh, fellowship with with other Christians, to actually complete that work. Um, As I said last Sunday in in my message, which if you weren't there, you can listen to on the podcast. We don't believe in a password moment. There is no point at which, you know, because you've said that prayer, suddenly you've got the secret password so that when you go to heaven, all you have to do is say, oh no, you know, 3rd of February, 2019, I said those words, let me in. doesn't work. The prayer is actually just the, the first step in the journey that we undertake. So I, I encourage you, come and see what the next steps are. Okay.